listening to Chris Talks Cars on Cartoon Channel. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Chris Talks Cars. My name is Chris Gooden, and once again, I am joined by a man who wants to Duramax swap your common rail, Mr. Brandon Cole. Hey, wait a second. The Duramax is a common rail. Well... I meant, I meant, I meant your Cummins. Yes. I got Damn you this it. time. I you got did. it. You I got, got me. I win. I Mark, won this Mark time. it down. <laughs> <laughs> you win this time, sir. This, this round is yours. Until next time. Until next time. Uh, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Uh, getting things ready. 48 days, I believe it was, until my big move out east yes 48 days 48 and i will i will be a partial texan uh, you'll be a certified texan hell yeah i you gotta have you gotta have a, a native texan sponsor you in to be yeah. a, a full bird and i'm your sponsor you but you do have it. to give up your old weights you can't just like come in here and be like well where i come from hey man i'm just i'm just trying to fit in get in where i fit in so Man. I'm down. You're, you're gonna fit in here. We got we're we got every walk of life right here in Texas. All right. Well, uh, big news coming up. Ford uh, announced their new. I guess is it a mini truck because the it's smaller yes. than the Ranger. Yes, it's a mini truck. I think the best way to put it. Yeah. So it, it is. But the Ranger is also a mini truck. So is this a this, mini mini truck? Micro yes. truck? It, yeah, micro. I think micro truck was actually used uh, part of uh, describing it. So it is a compact, smaller. compact pickup. They call it. <laughs> you can call it whatever you want, <laughs> but yeah, it is smaller than the Ranger by a, by a decent amount. So, um, which allows it to get you know forty miles per gallon. Uh, I'm assuming that's with the hybrid technology. I bet it's probably still really good with the uh, the two liter uh, turbo truck. Two and a half liter, yeah. Well, with the, the EcoBoost, without the hybrid, I'm sure it's uh, pretty good as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's coming out 2022. It's got your basic uh, XL, XLT, and Lariat, excuse me, uh, trim levels starting at a very reasonable $20,000, $19,995. That's pretty appealing. I like it. Yeah, and that's with the hybrid package. Yeah, and I love that. That's really cool. Yeah, so uh, I imagine it's pretty bare bones at the XL level, but uh, even the Lariat, which is, you know, the loaded one, that starts at 25, 25, 490, which let's yeah. see. Let's see how much it is if you pimp it out. I can't imagine it's uh, probably 30, 32 grand. Yeah, I think I went on there just kind fully of loaded. Just for fun, and you know they have they have a full FX4 package, which is great. It, I'm sure it doesn't have a low range. It's more like just like a, a just a four wheel drive or maybe an all right four wheel drive, which is fine. But in fact, that actually has like an off road ready suspension, and um, it's going to have plenty of torque with the EcoBoost, and even with the hybrid, it's going to have good low range uh, or low low in power. Um, so like, you can only get all wheel drive with the EcoBoost. If okay, you yes, do, do the uh, the hybrid, there is no all-wheel drive uh, option. So you're right, no low range and uh, no lockable diffs of any kind. 
Yeah. I mean, I really wouldn't expect that at least not right now anyways. From yeah. That. It's, it's not meant for that. They have the, the, uh, the Ranger and the F one fifties. If you really want to get aggressive with the off-roading. Sure. But yeah, but, uh, what it is, it seems like, seems like it's going to be really, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to do great here to be honest. And we don't have a really small truck that I know of right now that they, that you can just go buy. Yeah. It's not that size. At least, um, it looks, it looks all right. It looks a little bit like the, uh, Volkswagen Amrock. If you've hmm. seen that, no, I'm not. Or it's uh, I don't think they sell them here. Um, also, a little bit of Honda Ridgeline in there in the back window, but overall, it's a, I think it looks good. It's got those uh, F one fifty C shape headlights that I like. Don't disrespect it like that, man. Come on. <laughs> I apologize. Honda I apologize. Ridgeline. Come on. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm, I apologize. It doesn't. I mean, you know, if if we want to get into it, it doesn't. It doesn't even have a locking four-wheel drive so it's not it's not it's not a real truck (laughs) you know but if i had to drive a super economical vehicle yeah no that's way better than driving this that's way better than the honda for sure like to get yeah oh well yeah everything's better than a prius but like (laughs) i get 32 miles a gallon in the honda and the only reason i drive it is for the economy if i could drive that and get 40 miles a gallon yeah every day every day of the week i pick the truck it's time to step up yeah (laughs) but uh I, someday man soon once i get to texas yeah. but uh one interesting thing when looking at the maverick i found out there is a competitor to the maverick key or hyundai is introducing their first truck type vehicle the santa cruz mm-hmm. which looks like a subaru forester yeah and a pontiac aztec had a baby I don't hate it. And kinda... that baby was a Ute. Yeah, it's not terrible. I talk shit, but it's not it's not the worst thing. It's definitely uh, better looking than the Subaru Baja. Yeah, just looking at it here, it's like I don't think I would I would I would probably like to have the Maverick over this just purely based on looks. But yeah, I, I don't not like the way it looks. It's it's not bad. And it, it does kind of strike me as the as the, the Subaru uh, Forester a little bit, but I really don't like the, the Subaru Forester either. But I think this one looks a little bit better. Yeah. So, um, with back to the Maverick real quick. It's got a continuously variable transmission or an eight-speed auto, which I'm guessing the CVT is with the hybrid option. Right. Yeah. yeah. I hate those transmissions. They're so weird. Yeah, that's what the Accord has. And like I said, it's great for what it's meant for, and that's economy. Like, it's always adjusting when you're cruising to make sure you're at the lowest RPM. But for any kind of... I can't even find a tow rating for it. That's how not meant for towing it is. And then uh, I'm sure you could make it performance-oriented, but... I've I haven't seen that in the Accord, obviously. So, yeah, I'm not a huge fan. But my point is, the Santa Cruz has an eight-speed auto and an eight-speed twin-clutch auto. Ooh, with that, it's got some good power right there. Look at that. 
Yeah. So you could get a 280 horsepower, 311 foot pound of torque with an eight speed dual clutch auto. That would be a fun little truck. Yeah, that, that would for sure be more than adequate power for a little truck. And with a good transmission like that, that'd, that'd be a fun, fun vehicle to drive for sure. Now, granted, it only gets 28 on the highway first the uh, 40. Well, uh, the, the um, Maverick gets better mileage in the city, the hybrid, obviously. But my point is the Maverick gets better fuel economy, but the uh, Santa Cruz looks like it might be more fun to drive just based on the transmission options just based off i guess motor trend did their testing here uh if you look at these zero to 60 times uh the, the ford actually when equipped properly looks like it's uh doing a little better yeah i imagine the hybrid off the line helps it you know i, I would say the hybrid is a slow one it's the uh the two liter eco boost that's going to be the uh the claimed 6.9 uh zero to 60 you know what I, I, you're probably right. That's just my guess, which is only 0.1 second faster. But, but with that twin clutch, I thought, I thought would make up a lot more. Yeah. So, um, I'm trying to see if I can find a quick spec sheet anywhere. And of course I can't. Well, Um, it's fine. I mean, they give you pretty adequate information there, but I mean, just, just out of general speculation and what a lot of these like economical hybrids have to offer typically um you don't really gain much as far as performance goes when you do that especially considering all the extra weight that you're adding onto it right so i can't build the uh santa cruz yet i was trying to see if there's a uh payload and towing rating for it yeah but uh well, the, the highlight is the Maverick anyways. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's going to be, I think it's gonna be pretty successful here. The, yeah, even, 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 I think it has even more potential to be more successful than the Ranger. It has so much, it, it offers a lot. I mean, especially for people that live in the city. I mean, necessarily, I don't really see a lot of country folks picking this thing up. Yeah, no. Well, it's it's definitely not their market. Yeah, I think this is really marketed towards somebody that could use a truck, maybe just kind of does a lot of driving, but still has to get into a city, parking garages, and maybe makes the occasional, you know, beach run. You throw your gear in there, light camping, that sort of thing. Light Home Depot runs, little stuff like that. I think this is going to be a great trip for all those things. Yeah. So the base model Maverick can tow up to 2,000 pounds, which I'm guessing is the hybrid. And then the two liter turbo, the EcoBoost, can tow up to four. Yeah. That's not bad. I mean, for, yeah. for, for a truck that small, to be honest, I don't know if I'd want to tow much more than that anyways. No, for sure. For it sure. up to a 21 foot trailer. I mean, she's that truck's so small that it would dwarf that truck, a 21 foot trailer. Yeah. So hooray for Ford putting out more new stuff, uh, and not going all electric all yet. That being said, the Ranger, is bringing back a trim option from the 90s that I was unaware of, the Splash Edition. 
Yeah. And uh, they're going to bring that back as a uh, full electric or a hybrid? It's claimed to be a full electric. First of all, I've never even heard of a splash. So I just just yeah. reading about this. Me like, either. They're they're basically they filed for a trademark of refiled for this the splash trademark, which is something they used, I suppose, early nineties. And uh, I don't really know what came with it. It may have just been appearance package, whatever. But um, bringing it back, so it's going to be an all-electric variant of the Ford Ranger. Yeah, looking uh, at a quick Google image search, it looks like a little step side. Oh, yeah, I remember seeing this, uh, the the tailgate decal there. I don't know what it, what it entailed. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it, but I don't know. doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah, it's kind of insignificant, but just the fact that, I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of reporting on this here, but realistically, everything is going to start having EV yeah. variants or trim levels of it in, in the future, if not at least like a hybrid type. Yeah. So I think this is just the first of many other things to come. Hopefully they don't butcher them like they did the Mustang Mach-E, but um you know, I think we're just going to see a lot more of these. Yeah, I'm fine things. with the trim level and them making it all electric. Mm-hmm. I just don't like it when they use the whole model and then steal <laughs> it away. The lightning. Jeez. The, yeah, the lightning, the Mach-E, all I'm that. still upset about it. But that being said, there is possibly hope on the horizon. Possible hope, yes. Uh, E-Fuel. Um, yeah, yeah. So I guess I guess Porsche isn't the first to do it, but um, they are kind of they're they've basically just dumped a bunch of money into research on e fuels. So it's supposedly eighty five percent less emissions than standard gasoline. Um, so and I think there's probably still room for improvement there as well. So I think this is a big step for um, guys that aren't quite ready to step into full EV or even uh, full electric vehicles yet. And so it, it's one little thing that might help the internal combustion live a little longer because the biggest thing is not necessarily that the superiority of the electric engine. It's the fact that it doesn't produce a bunch of emissions. Um, right. So, greatly what are, like that i think is uh is it ethanol based yeah so i've been trying to i've been trying to research a bit of it here and it doesn't give a whole lot but i think i think it is mildly ethanol it, or it's, it's sim- similar to an ethanol ethanol they really compare a lot of it to uh like e85 um and i think i think it, the fuel once it's done is going to be um compatible with uh, flex fuel vehicles or E85 capable vehicles. Um, right. So any 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 of these vehicles made in the past you know 20 years are going to be able to run these uh, run this fuel if it takes off and if it becomes available. It says Porsche right now. I guess by next year we'll have produced 34,000 gallons of it, which 
is nothing. Not a lot. I mean, yeah. I mean, for, for just testing sources, I mean, they can do a lot with that, but definitely cannot release this to on any large scale. <laughs> Not when you're feeding these American herspers. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely thirsty herspers. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's definitely still in development. And I would imagine if it's going to run anything like E85, if you know anything about E85, it takes roughly 30% more fuel. Right. Uh, than gasoline to run E85. So, um, you know, I don't think you're going to be getting good fuel economy with it, but with a, a much less uh, emissions, I think it's, uh, you know, it's definitely a good thing, good step forward for, and, and a big win in the eternal combustion engine. If it takes off and if it gets mass produced, and if you can just roll up to your local mobile Exxon gas station and buy this. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm, I'm all about anything that keeps, uh, keeps v8s alive longer <laughs> so yeah. it'll just it'll just be uh nothing is you know nothing is free in a sense that whatever whatever we have to do to produce enough fuel to like sustain a population like there's going to be some other downside with that but hopefully it's uh a gain a net gain overall you know right. what i mean yeah yeah for sure um, in other news, the, one of my favorite edition Mustangs, the Mach one returning 2022 with the shaker hood as a, how much option, Brandon? Uh, 52. Oh no, just, just the shaker hood. The shaker hood itself is an $1,195 option. They charge you $1,100 to cut a hole out of the hood. Yeah. It, it should have been just. I mean, I'm not bashing them. Okay. It's cool. And like every one of them is going to get it because it's an awesome option, but yeah, nobody, been, nobody wants been, a must standard. Yeah, it should have been standard because like when you see Mach one, if, if I, anytime I think Mach one, the first thing I think of is shaker hood. Right. Yeah. No, the, uh, 2003 Mach one is absolutely one of my favorites. Um, Car and Driver describes this new Mach 1 as a GT350 and Bullet Mustang crossover, which mm-hmm. sounds like the best thing ever. Yeah, I mean, it makes, I, want, it makes, I want two of them right now. It makes sense being that the GT350 got discontinued uh, and more or less outshined by the 500 and then, you know, needing to bring something else, probably um, more economical price range. Um uh, as opposed to the, uh, you know, GT350 was how much was that when it first came out? Uh, you probably know better than I would. Uh, it was around sixty. Yeah, from from uh, the factory. So this one starts at a fifty-two nine, yeah. which says it's about five grand more than the bullet. So uh, I like. Yeah, it. I think it looks good. I like the good. front the front uh, splitter. I guess the uh, what would that be? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. That's pretty air cool. dam. Yeah. Looks good. It's not quite as aggressive as a GT five hundred, obviously, but I think it looks good. I'd drive it. Yeah. You know, well, that, someone someone gave it to me. That extra nine or ten thousand gets you that extra aggression. But um, I mean they're saying that this thing's you know, four point two seconds type thing, so uh it's probably pretty fast. Yeah, four hundred and eighty Hersperz and four hundred and twenty Turks. I'll take it. So, hell yeah. It's not a bad starting point, you know? (laughs) Can't you just drive it the way it is? Nope. 
<laughs> nope. Not, not when Pro Charger makes kits that are designed to go in in like an afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. They literally have kits for the three GT 350 because I was looking at it. It's like seven grand. You get a P1SC supercharger and it's made to go in and not leave any marks because it's for like GT350 is kind of a collector's car and they made it so that you can put it on and take it off and it looks like it was never there. Like you don't have to modify anything in the bumper. It's like seven grand and eight hours and you've got an extra hundred and something horsepower. Yeah. So it's this, a great time to be an American, man. It's also supposed to have like a really good suspension upgrade over the GT. Uh, you know, it pulls more than a, a full G on the skid pad. And they're saying it's one of the best Mustangs they've tested on the skid pad, according to Motor Trend. The Mach 1? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you take the Bullet and the GT350, that's, they're both, I mean, the GT350 was a huge leap forward for the Mustang line. And mm-hmm. then the Bullet was another little inch beyond that. And then, you know. But I, yeah, it's it looks good. I like this gray with the uh, it's like a racing stripe, but not racing stripe. I like yeah. it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty good looking. I, I'm, I'm digging it. But I can't get past those like, you know, especially Ford, you know, because they, they've always done things a little bit differently. You know, they've always had the smaller engine, but they've always been trying to be a little bit more nimble and everything to, as opposed to a you know, Chevy and Dodge. You know, they they throw all the power at it in a big engine. Hey, Dodge <laughs> is nimble as a freaking scared elephant, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> they actually are surprisingly nimble for how how, uh, how heavy they are. But even still, this this uh, Mach 1's uh 3,829 pounds. Now that's by today's standards, honestly, fairly lightweight as a, compared to a lot of other stuff, but you know, that's still a lot, you know, it wasn't long ago. You can get a Camaro. that was like 3,300 pounds there. And, you know, a lot of the, I, I just, I feel like sports cars are supposed to be much, much lighter. Yeah, but Americans want everything. And part of it is regulatory, right? Like you got to have a certain amount of side impact stuff and bracing and this and that, which inherently makes the cars bigger and heavier. But a lot of it is our spoiled asses. I guarantee, well, I'd be willing to bet with a quick Google, that car has heated and cooled seats. It's got a six to 10 inch touchscreen. It's got a subwoofer. It's got (laughs) leather. It's got dual zone climate control. You know, all that stuff, Everybody wants the best of everything. They want this yeah. stiff, taut, like zippy sports car, but they also want the lap of luxury, which I get it. I'm spoiled too. Like I'm not looking to get into a, a rusty, like, or a rattle trap that you can't hear yourself for a daily driver, but man, it, it, used it really, to be, you could, yeah, you could go order like an SS, like a Chevrolet, uh, Camaro SS, like stripper package, basically you can order it. It was almost like, like a, a club racer package, but it just came with like no options almost like it just yeah. standard, but it, it came in like a couple hundred pounds lighter, you know, no, no T tops, you know, no, uh, you know, no, no traction control, no, um, 
you know, just the sound just, deadening and all that stuff. Yeah, like, I think, I think it even, the reason there may have even been an option for like no air conditioning, which that's something I would not even give up as basic as I am. Um, but I, I mean, I, I miss, I really do miss that sort of stuff where they, they made things more simple, um, in, in light of just making it lighter and perform better. It's everything just about like, Oh, I got all this power. It's still a great car, but you know, you sacrifice so much with all this luxury. It's, it's a sports car. It's not a, it's not a Rolls Royce. It's not a Cadillac. Come on. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, Lotus, they go in the way that we're saying they, their motto is simplify and add lightness. Yes. So, I mean, they've got special lightweight carpet. You, most of them don't have air condition or radios. Like those are true driver's cars, but Same. you know, they're they're not great for daily driving right well same, i think same goes for the uh, miata and lately i've been really infatuated with miatas i've been doing a lot of research on them just for fun and honestly. it's the most raced car in the world it's it looks i've never owned one i've always kind of been a snob about it because it's you know I think the most powerful one right now is like 181 horsepower. And that's well, like the most there's powerful two one people, <laughs> There's two people that drive Miatas. I guess three. Real car enthusiasts that yeah. want the front engine rear wheel drive. Yeah. And then women and homosexuals. <laughs> well, if I drive it, I guess I'll have to... I have to get into the uh, enthusiast club because yeah, no, you can't drive us. Like, you can't drive a stock convertible Miata just like to the store. No. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's that's. Uh, I that's mean, rough. Re- realistically, I don't ever see myself actually buying one, but I want to just because they look so fun. Yeah, well, it's the old saying, it's way more fun to drive a slow car fast and a fast car slow. And if you had one of those, it, mm. you know, you and I had one each and we just could drive it around backcountry roads in third gear pinned. I think that would be way more fun than trying to like, you know, baby some expensive car or some big car through there. Yeah, for sure. It'd be, it'd be a lot Not, of fun. Not that I'd be upset about a big expensive car, but you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, Although uh, in other news, General Motors and Hyundai have uh, accelerated their efforts to produce flying taxis. And I'm not, I'm not going to get on one of those. (laughs) No, 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 not the first, not the first gen. Uh, that's for no sure. Gen. I'm not getting on one. That's just, that's just not sound like something. Out of- oh man. Uh, Hyundai and GM said on Monday, they are pushing ahead with developing flying cars with the South Korean company expressing optimism. It could have an in air taxi service in operation as soon as 2025. No. Yeah. Uh, GM says 2030, to overcome technical and regulatory hurdles, but Mm-mm, man, I've seen how many Chevrolet uh, gets. I <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll I'll take maybe Gen Two, but that's just because I like to fly. I mean, I'm not against flying. Boeing's been doing it for a really long time. Chevy, Chevrolet, General Motors. Yeah, they haven't done that true. since World War Two. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, so be on the lookout for uh, your local air taxi soon. Yeah, I'll be watching. I'm not going to be riding. Yeah. And then uh, to wrap it up, the new Nissan Z, The was it the 400Z? Mm. Yeah. Z, yeah. I'm excited about that. Goes into or go debuts August 17th. So just a few, uh, few weeks after I get to Tejas, we'll so, have a new Nissan. I don't know if we, if we have any real info on it, but I'm excited to see what it's going to offer. It's one of the biggest things about the, the outgoing 370 is that at its price range, it's severely underpowered in comparison to its competition. So I'm really, I'm really wanting to see how much power this thing's going to crank out. Cause it's really got to step it up to, if, if, especially if they're going to stay in the same price, price bracket as like, I mean, they're almost as expensive as a Corvette or they were several years ago. Yeah. Uh, well that's for like, the Ni- that's like the Nismo fair lady editions, not for like a base model 370 though. Right. The, the, the base model 370s are not cheap really brand new i mean you can apparently you can't even buy one right now because they're like hard it's impossible to find them most but um used i mean new anyways but um yeah they're they're, they were really expensive for the the type of performance that you get out of them yeah like it it would make they're not like a straight line speed car i mean they're more of like a track day jdm type even still like like the general a mustang just really handles better i mean this is just just general reading from what i've seen i've never really been behind the wheel of three 370z um i've, I've driven the 350s um and you know i'm sure they're they're great and they handle really well and even even better than the 350 but um yeah i, just, I feel like it's just for the money you spend you're not getting the you're not getting your money's worth in comparison to say like a Mustang Camaro or yeah, maybe maybe it'll stand up to like an RT challenger or something. (laughs) Well, I think we'll give the new one a big, uh, a big push forward and might make it worth in the price range as it is turboed. And depending on how much potential Nissan leaves in the engine, if it's like a 2J, for example, of back in the day where with some bolt-ons and a quick tune, you know, you're you're up with everybody else in that price range, then maybe because that's that's really where the the aftermarket is is people trying to drag race them and stuff. So yeah. Yep. Hopefully, I hope to see something other than freaking GTRs at Texas 2K. Maybe we'll yeah. see some Zs. Well, I'm not going to count on that. It's still going to be a different league, but I do well, have yeah. my hopes for the 400Z. I hope it's I hope it lives up to the hype. Yeah, well, we will have more on that as it comes out. Um, that's it for me for this week. You got anything? That's, that'll do. All right, buddy. Well, thanks everyone for watching and listening. I guess just listening. Video to come. That's uh, that's coming soon. Well, not soon, but eventually. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, all our social medias are in the description below. I'm at Chris Talks Cars. He's at Roll underscore Cole. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.